Hey, yo, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the Olympics hockey that I've been able to catch, as well as you know Winnipeg's upcoming schedule. It's going to be a little bit of a crazy next couple of weeks, so I thought I'd talk about what we might see and uh, maybe some positive trends from the practice lineups, things that could be maybe reasons to be a little bit happier about at least some of the guys who are getting evaluated. But before we get into any of that, I did want to get through some updates from around the NHL. There's uh, a couple of interesting, I would say, partnerships and things that have emerged, a couple of uh, surprise deals here and there, and maybe some interesting cap stuff going on with the Vegas Golden Knights. Will any of it impact the Jets, like, say, trading for Mark Stone? Probably not, but we'll talk about what exactly might happen to Stone anyways, as well as all of the other updates from around the league in just a little bit. Stay tuned for a jam-packed episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We have some uh, updates from around the world of the NHL before we talk about some great Olympic hockey action that I've been able to tune in. Right now, I'm actually watching the U.S. women's team versus the Czech Republic. Uh, It actually is 1-1 right now, and it has been a very odd game. You know, the U.S. is out shooting the Czechs, um, like something 20-2 or 22-2, something like that, and it's, you know five or six minutes into the second period, but the Czechs were the ones actually score first. So, you know, pretty crazy game so far. I'm very excited to see how it concludes. But before we talk about Olympic hockey, it's best to focus on the NHL first, just because there's been some crazy updates that have happened. Uh, one of the bigger announcements has been that the Arizona Coyotes have actually formed a, a partnership with Arizona State University to host uh, NHL hockey games in ASU's arena for up to three years, which that is um, a thing. I think the capacity of the stadium is something like 32,000, and it sounds like they're going to be retrofitting parts of the arena to have rooms for the Coyotes, places to store their equipment, etc. I honestly would imagine the NHL is not pleased with this because it, it looks pretty poor on the entire league. The fact that you have an NHL team playing in what amounts to a college arena for three years is not something that I think we've ever seen before. I mean, you may have like an exhibition game or something, right? Maybe a minor league team comes through and has some sort of a matchup. You know, a couple of other programs might do this, but an NHL team coming for multiple seasons to play the entire year there, again, not really sure if we've ever seen that before. It's a, a strange story, and if you ask me, I would imagine that Bettman and the ownerships are all kind of pissed. You know, this is not something that was really anticipated, After they vacated Gila River um, for the foreseeable future, it just felt like this team was going to get relocated. So I'm curious to know if they actually go through with all three years. 
I don't know what Bettman's perspective is on this. Ultimately, the rest of the league is going to probably talk about what would be best for the future of that franchise. Houston is obviously a big market that I think has been targeted at least for potential NHL expansion and relocation opportunities, whichever would be the most likely. In this case, relocation would probably be the easiest just because you've got all the players, all the staff, yada, yada, yada. So you could try and move them out of Arizona after this ASU deal ends or even before it does. It's a very odd partnership. Um, and I don't really know how I feel about it. Honestly, I think it's mostly just amusing in a lot of respects because, again, the NHL is kind of made to look the fool here. But in terms of the health of the actual squad itself, it's pretty poor. I mean, for the organization to have to get to this point and play in somebody else's arena, a college no less, that's just embarrassing. And it's a really poor reflection on the NHL's handling of the whole situation. The fact that the Coyotes have all of these scandals going on and are now playing in a college arena... It's a black mark on the league's reputation on top of all of the, you know, much bigger issues that they've got going on with harassment, bullying, assault, racism. It's uh, it's not been a banner past couple of calendar years for the league. And, you know, honestly, there was always a reckoning coming. But just to have an additional embarrassment added to the pile just really shows that the NHL, when you compare them against a lot of the other leagues, it just continues to look pretty mediocre. Now, in other news, we have a, uh, another situation with the Vegas Golden Knights developing, and they have a cap situation that they have to kind of mess around with. It, it seems like they're going full Tampa Bay and putting Mark Stone on injured reserve, which is always the cop-out when you're about to go over the cap, you have too many active guys, and you've got somebody that you can conveniently put on IR to relieve some of the pressure. So... We'll see what happens with this. I was joking a little bit about Mark Stone maybe getting traded to the Jets in between. That's obviously not happening, but, um, you know, some of the other players on that roster are upcoming free agents, and you, you never know. You might see some of these guys start to depart, and after that, I'm curious to know what Vegas looks like. You know, if players like Riley Smith and March or so, uh, William Carlson over the next several years, guys like those either get traded or are let go to free agency because, you know, a lot of them are probably nearing 30. What are what are the Knights going to look like? Are they going to be really good? Obviously, this is going to be Jack Eichel's team going forward, but is he going to be the same after a surgery? I honestly have no idea. I lean towards the more optimistic side of things under Captain Jack, but you never know. Uh, the NHL is always unpredictable. The, the, uh, the Knights have had some roster issues over the past season or so defensively it's been a little bit of a nightmare and there's some real consistency issues but hey maybe Eichel is the antidote to all problems and after everyone starts to get healthy again and they can kind of shed some cap maybe Vegas will come back even stronger than it's been in past seasons the last little tidbit that I thought would be fun to mention is that uh, according to Sportsnet's 32 Thoughts Ali Jokinen might be thinking about coming to the NHL as a coach. He's doing pretty decently in Liga. Um, he took a team that has missed the playoffs the past several years to second place right now, which is pretty impressive. I don't know if that sort of coaching style is really going to translate to the NHL, but if the Jets were looking to bring back maybe a former player who now has at least some level of professional hockey coaching experience, maybe Jokinen is progressive enough to be worth at least a look. I'd still rather go with Mark Morrison first, but Ali seems like he could be a fun coach. Maybe he comes on as an assistant somewhere and kind of gets a start that way. Let me know if you would want Ali maybe getting a shot with the Jets. I think it'd be kind of fun. I don't know if it would work out, but you know, if Marty San Louis can do it and, and uh, join the Montreal Canadiens, 
this guy would actually bring real pro-level coaching experience, although it is pretty uh, pretty early in his career. I believe this is his first season, so let's not get too excited. Up next, though, I did want to turn my attention elsewhere to the Beijing Olympics, which has been a pretty crazy tournament for uh, both men's and women's hockey. The men's games have just started kicking off, and the women's games are actually now entering the knockout rounds, which for all of us is super exciting because this is when the competition gets the fiercest. We'll talk about what's going on in both brackets in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and can help you with your New Year's resolutions. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to also check out our Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Lockdown NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Lockdown NHL podcast feed, and I highly recommend you give it a follow because they're giving excellent reports from on the ground in Beijing. I did want to do some game scoreline summaries, though, and give some thoughts on the game that I actually was able to catch yesterday, as well as some early thoughts from uh, U.S. versus Czech Republic women's uh, elimination game. This is the start of the corner finals for the women's teams, while the men's uh, groups are all just getting started, really. Um, so you have some really fun overlap here. In the mornings, you've got some of the men's teams playing, and then at night, you've got uh, a number of the women's quarterfinals really active. So you basically get hockey as much as you want throughout the entire day. Now, uh, from the men's yesterday, or I guess it would actually be um, today in our case, we had four different games. We had Sweden versus Latvia, 3-2, to two, uh, in favor of Sweden. Not not a super shocking result, but, you know, I don't quite know what the Swedish lineup is without a lot of NHLers. I'm sure it's very uh, SHL heavy, which, you know, it could be a pretty decent team. Maybe some college kids thrown in there. Finland beat Slovakia 6-2. to two. Finland should have a very strong uh, roster this year. Although, of course, they're going to miss some of the guys like Sebastian Ajo, Patrick Laine, a number of the really, really top-tier talents. But I think the convenient thing for them is that a lot of really good prospects are still without NHL contracts and are just playing in Finland right now. So this actually doesn't hurt them nearly as much as it might for like a Team USA or some of these other squads. Speaking of Team USA, though, I did actually get to check in on their game against China and it was actually pretty even to start things off, and then the U.S. scored first uh, around the end of the first period, or maybe around the second period, start of the second, and it just seemed like the floodgates opened. After that, the U.S. started having really good rushes um, involving Sean Farrell, who was an absolute menace the entire night. He had amazing assists, great goals, whatever you wanted from him. He was a key part of their middle six and definitely was one of the most effective players out there. 
the U.S. ended up winning 8 nothing, which, you know, I, I think was to some degree expected. This Chinese squad was composed of a, a, a lot of international players who I think got naturalized, um, like seven or eight Canadians, I think, a couple of Americans, and then there were around six uh, Chinese players who I believe are considered homegrown players. So you've got a pretty diverse roster with a lot of different experience levels. Um, but unfortunately for China, after the first goal against, it just kind of snowballed very quickly. Um, the goalie in net, I think it was Jeremy Smith, he struggled with tracking things. China's defense kind of started to get a little bit uh, chaotic. And from then, you know, the U.S. just sort of took advantage. I think the U.S. was very good in the corners. China thought it was going to be able to impose a more physically dominant presence against a smaller, faster team. That didn't really work out for them. The last game of that group day was uh, Canada versus Germany. Canada won 5-1. It does seem like, you know, Finland, Sweden, USA, Canada, these are probably some of the stronger squads. Russia's definitely got a shot as well. I'd be curious to see how they would do against a Finland or Sweden. I would imagine that they have a uh, decently better roster than some of these other nations that can't really use a lot of the higher-end talent that they might have had access to had the NHL allowed their players to go. Because the KHL doesn't have the same level of restrictions, that team should be pretty darn good throughout this tournament. And in fact, they're actually up one nothing over Denmark right now. We'll see how they fare. I'm interested to see how they do against the rest of the men's teams, but you know, for now we're just going to have to wait until at least tomorrow. And uh, actually now it's time to talk a little bit more about some of the other games that are going on and will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, aside from the men's preliminary rounds, we've got the women's uh, playoff quarterfinals, which are currently underway. They'll be running throughout the next several hours. Um, uh, of course, we had, you know, like I said, Russia playing Denmark up one nothing. We've got the women's game 1-1 tied with uh, USA versus the Czech Republic. This game technically hasn't been all that close, but due to some puck luck and a couple of decent counters from the Czech Republic, it is actually tied. And uh, then the U.S. had a five-minute major that was assessed. There was a bad hit from Danny Cameronese against one of the Czech forwards. Unfortunately, she went down into the corner. Um, she did get back up under her own power and I think went back to the bench. But still a very scary moment. She kind of went face first into the boards after Cameronese pushed her. I, I know Danny wasn't really intending to do that, but you know, you've still got to remain controlled. This kind of stuff does happen in the NHL and other professional hockey leagues a lot. So, it you know, it was a fair penalty, but she was lucky she didn't get thrown out of the game. So the U.S. didn't lose another skater and, at least for the time being, can soldier on. We'll see how they finish out and uh, hopefully they can pull through and advance to the next round. Obviously, everyone's expecting the U.S. versus Canada to be, you know, the gold medal game. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm very interested in this tournament. If the Czech Republic pulls off the upset would be one of the biggest things we've ever seen in women's hockey. From the men's group, uh, we've got the Czech Republic versus Switzerland in a couple of hours, then Sweden versus Slovakia at the same time, then Latvia, Finland. These games all look uh, relatively one-sided. Czech Republic versus Switzerland is probably going to be the most even game, but the other two you'd probably expect Sweden and Finland to uh, come out with wins on these ones. And then later in the day, we've got the women's game uh, between Canada and Sweden. Canada, I'm sure, are powerhouse favorites. They look pretty much unstoppable, so we'll see if anyone can surprise them. But again, like everyone said, it's probably expected to be Canada versus the U.S. in the gold medal game in just a couple of days. 
that's the uh, overarching view so far. So be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for more specific details on what's happening in Beijing. Our coverage there has been wonderful, and I highly recommend you give them a follow. Be sure to check them out so that you get more detailed summaries of what's actually happening in each of these games. Before we close out tonight, I did want to talk about one more topic, um, a preview into tomorrow's game. We've got uh, some new line rushes for the Jets, and it does seem like, you know, Logan Stanley and a few others are coming back to full health. And yet, despite some of these guys practicing at uh, what would be considered full fitness, there are some names still in the lineup that might surprise you. And we'll talk about what it could mean for the rest of the season in just a little bit. In between, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs during the Super Bowl run and all of these wonderful NHL hockey games. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with betonline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some updates on the Jets lineups for uh, tomorrow's game, or actually it would be today's game if you are hearing this podcast uh, during Friday rush hour or whatever you're up to Friday morning. Maybe if you've got the day off, hope you enjoy your long weekend. But uh, before we head into the evening of hockey, we've got practice lineups of Stastny, Shifley, Wheeler, a little bit on the slow side, not a huge fan, but whatever. Connor, Copperfetti, it'll do, I guess, for the second line. Like I mentioned previously a couple of episodes ago, I'd probably swap Shop, uh, Shifley and Cop, but uh, you know, the, I think Lowry doesn't really seem intent on doing that, and they're just going to stick with this unit. I mean, it's an okay top six, but I think we all know, playoff-wise, not really the kind of team that you would be expecting in terms of uh, elite scorers in the top six being bolstered by really good linemen. So I think this is the best the Jets think they can do right now, and it'll have to survive at least for a couple of weeks. Um, then on the third line, you've got Svechnikov, Lowry, and Reichel, which is actually a pretty decent unit. I think this is a group that could actually be super effective, and I'm, I'm really surprised that Svechnikov you know, finally gets into games nowadays thanks to Pagansky being injured. Um, I would prefer Svechnikov over Harkins or Tenonato, but for some reason the coaching staff disagrees, so we're just going to have to see how that one plays out. Hopefully, Svech can continue to prove that he has really good NHL value for this team. It remains to be seen how highly they value him, but I really like him. I think his defensive contributions are great, and he seems like a fun kid, so hopefully he can stick around. The fourth line of Harkins, Toninato, and Veselainen is just not so great. Um, not super overly fond of that, I guess. It's just... <sighs> it continues to be a bit of a sore spot because you've got guys who aren't really chemistry aligned I would say you know Veselainen is a natural shooter but they keep wanting to make him like a fourth line grinding power forward Harkins he's okay he's like a fourth liner but I think his deficiencies are super apparent when he's in possession and sometimes when he's off the puck as well Tanonato has also really been struggling so 
I'd like Pogansky to get in over either Harkins or Toninato, but I doubt that will be the case. I'm sure it's Svechnikov who's going to sit again. Not really a fan of that, to be honest. At least the defensive pairings look okay. You've got Morrissey DeMello, which should be a fine enough first pairing. Then Dylan Schmidt. Don't love that pairing, uh, but I, I mean, it is what it is. Let's just hope that one of these two can kind of get their game together and hopefully not be as bad as they were uh, a couple of weeks ago. But the last pairing is super interesting. It's Heinola Pionk. And if Heinola is still in over Stanley and Kovacevic, that for me is only a good thing. Uh, this pairing is going to be super high event for everyone involved. Hopefully, though, they've seen Heinola's value uh, of coming very close to connecting with Perfetti for power play points. If you let Billy start to show his offensive game and really blossom, I guarantee you he's going to start scoring, and it's going to be great to see. This team needs that you know that mobile back-end offensive presence that's not just Pionk and Schmidt, because like Schmidt himself hasn't really been super effective as of late. Pionk is still doing enough, but again, not like super, super elite this year. And Heinola can really bring that extra level of spark and skill that the back end definitely needs if they're going to go more uh, offensive and aggressive versus the kind of big, stiff, uh, stay-at-home kind of day that they're usually used to. So hopefully, you know, this lineup performs. I'm curious to see how the team does Friday night. I'm hoping for gold stars and for at least a competitive game, even if they lose. That's pretty much all I ask for these days. Just have fun, show us some really cool goals here and there. And other than that, I really have no expectations for the season. So Hopefully Heinola can continue to impress and prove that he deserves to be here. I think that he's got a real shot at doing that this year. This could be his breakout season, same with Perfetti, but we all know Perfetti is very highly regarded within the org. Maybe Heinola will finally get that recognition as well and become a really steadfast part of this team going forward. I'd be curious to know how you feel about Heinola's performance so far. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is actually going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for listening, as always, and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. Be sure to check out Locked On Bets, your number one source for all of your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q, with expertise from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. You can find them on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, same as my show, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Google, the usual. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe there. It's always free. We love and appreciate your support. And again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!